the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It is Friday, open line Friday. It is good to be with you. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about today. So the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We have a bunch of people on the line. We'll carry it over because I think that these issues are important right now. The idea of the um, boycotts, if that's what you call them, that are being proposed or that are already happening. And uh, with Target, the Dodgers, Bud Light, uh, somewhat of Disney, I think, has been going on for quite a while. And get your thoughts on those things. Some of it, I think, matters a lot that we get, our, get, we get the facts right about it. Because one of the things I think about is that, you know, these things only work if it's not just a small group of people or small, narrow way of sort of looking at uh, an issue, right? I mean, if uh, when people tried to boycott Chick-fil-A, for example, uh, the issue there was that the owner or the CEO of Chick-fil-A, not the owner, but the CEO of Chick-fil-A was donating some of his personal money, which, of course, he earned from Chick-fil-A, to uh, states and political campaigns that back then were um, having votes about gay marriage before the Supreme Court made that illegal everywhere. Different states had votes on whether or not it was going to be legalized, and he was giving money towards the people who were against that. Uh, so people wanted to protest Chick-fil-A. did not work at all. There were massive movements to protest Chick-fil-A. In fact, I think the opposite happened. I think Chick-fil-A went from maybe number three to number one as far as fast food joints goes. You know, it doesn't really work. And I've seen a whole lot of things not work. But this seems to be at least temporarily a little different. You know, and, and what is the goal? The goal would be to stop the indoctrination of things, right? I think, you know, for me with the Dodgers, we were planning to go on July 4th. I don't think we're going to go now because of this. And that's hard because I'm a Dodger fan. I love to go. I'm mad at them for the for replacing the Dodger dogs with the lousy hot dogs that they sell now. Uh, they, they changed the brand. They went away from Farmer John to, you know, I don't know, Farmer Steve or somebody else who's just not as good a farmer when it comes to hot dogs. Um, but more seriously, you know, to invite groups in that are mocking other people goes far beyond uh, just different social groups that you bring in on different things. Uh, by the way, the Dodgers announced today that Christian Night is on. It's coming on here in a couple of weeks. They'll have details soon, which I think is they must be having meetings over there, right? They must be saying, oh, we got people uh, really upset with us right now. Well, let's get Christian Night rolling, and they don't have anybody invited yet, but let's, you know. Um, you know, to me, I just wish they'd play baseball. And I think that most people feel like corporations and companies really need to stay out of a lot of issues. But I, I think a deeper thing that's happening now has to do with the fact that kids are involved. And we're seeing, and it doesn't mean that it's not an issue for adults, these kinds of things. But when people are being 
drawn into things that are indoctrination and parents are being moved to the side and children are being asked to make decisions or caused to make decisions just by the the philosophy of the era that are bad for them. And then you have corporations that support the bad side, the side that is not good for them. You have to do something. You have to say something. And I think it only works if large numbers of people say things for long periods of time. And in order, I think, to do that is you have to be right. You have to make sure that the things that you're saying are are true. At MSNBC, they're kind of melting down over this. And a guy named Ben Collins had these things to say. Ben, you want to weigh in? I mean, yeah. every company out there has a corporate social responsibility arm. Diversity and inclusion is a key initiative. They're yeah. just going to go after everyone. Yeah. But I think that's about hiring people. Like, let's make sure that we're not discriminating against people we're hiring. That's not what we're talking about here. Here's, look, here's that tweet. He said, this is Matt Walsh, a far right commentator. Here's what we should do. Pick a victim and gang up on it and make an example of it. We can't boycott every woke company or even most of them. If we can pick one, it hardly matters which. He actually said that. And target it with a ruthless boycott campaign. Claim one scalp, then move on to the next. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter which company it is. They're going to you know, try to make the, this, their stock price dip, which worked for Target. For a moment. For a second. But that, again, they get to say they won. That's all that matters. This is a, a brief narrative viral thing. And I, See, I, I think it's. And the argument he's making there is that in the long term, it doesn't make any difference. It's not going to change the direction. Um, I think if it stays long enough, it definitely changes the direction because money talks ultimately. Just, you know, shareholders ultimately are like, you know what, stop talking about this. Uh, you're, you're costing me my retirement, right? By getting into an issue that you don't need to get into. 888-528-2557. Let me get into a bunch of calls. I know you've been waiting for a long time. Robin in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Robin, you still there? Go ahead, Robin. Oh, yeah, I am here. Yeah, um, this whole crazy thing about Target came up in a, a family text feed we had this week, and I was really rather shocked because Target had hired a company who became popular by selling satanic slogans, um, whose CEO said he was proud to be a Satanist, a demon, and he liked to wear horns on his head. Yeah, and that and part like, is true, by the way. You know, some of the things that are said uh, in these things are not always true, right? Or they're, they're sometimes they're just made up. But that act, yeah. actually is true about the guy who designed some, not all, but a few of these products. Yeah, so I think the, um, the shareholders are going to be really upset about this, like, why would their company leaders not look into this and, and realize that this is a really terrible thing, that there's millions of Christians or people that at least are believers out there? And, you know, personally, I'm going to stop shop, shopping at Target, too. I go there at least three times a week, but they're going to lose a lot of revenue over this. It they could, need to have a lot more discernment. How, yeah, you say, so you go, there, you go there three times a week. How long are you going to not go there now? I'm not going to go until I see some sort of apology and maybe getting rid of this person that they hired, um, this Satanist. I mean, if he so blatantly has to say he's Satanist and be that way, and, you know, when Christians, you know, can't even have, like, you know, Christianity portrayed in school, children are, you know, human trafficked around the world, and there's just so much evil going on. We need to all be standing up to this terrible thing and just 
stop shopping and stop putting our dollars where they should be. It's a, um, um, you know, I think it's an interesting thing. Do you believe, do you agree with what this person on MSNBC just read a tweet by Matt Walsh that says you can't do it everywhere? And I think that's true, right? Every, but every dollar you spend is going to something you don't agree with somewhere. Tax dollars yeah. to every product you buy, every store you buy, you know, yeah. but, you know, so is the right thing to do to say we're going to pick this company and go after them? I think we need to be able to maybe see the mission statement of multiple companies to see where they're at. Well, and what they really do, I think. Uh, Robin, Robin, thank you for your call. You know, I think that it is, um, you know, the question I have is why why does the people who are the, the brand people who go out and find people to make and design things, isn't there some litmus test? Like, don't you ask, is this person particularly controversial? You know, if they are, then maybe you want to hire them, maybe you don't. You know, maybe you hire them because controversy sometimes will sell products, right? I get that. But sometimes controversy causes problems. Why didn't they see this coming? That would be a question that I've got to ask there. Uh, Ruben, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, Rancho Cucamonga. Hey, Pastor Scott. How you doing, man? Ru- first good, time Ruben. Caller. Oh, first time well, caller. All right. We got a, we got a noise for you here. I love him, but I love you just as much, man. Thank you, Ruben. <laughs> so I worked for Valley USD 25 years. Uh, about uh, six, seven years ago, I went to the website. Behind the Valley USD logo was the rainbow flag, right? Pushing, you know, um, yeah. a Pride Month, whatever. So now I do inspections all the time at different schools in Los Angeles, and uh, I'm there before the teachers get there. Walk in the classrooms, and I see flags, rainbow flags everywhere. Right. To me, this is grooming. This is grooming. You don't have any crosses because crosses are so offensive. American flags are, are rare now in the classrooms. Uh, Pledge of Allegiance is going away. You know, the enemy's working, brother. He's out there. He's out there letting, uh, you know, this LGBT movement and families. But uh, to me, it's grooming, right? It's indoctrination. It's letting what uh, is is wrong is now right, and what is right is now wrong into the classroom. So I think it starts with the parents letting uh, you know upper LAUSD management know, hey, this is not acceptable. In LAUSD, especially in the minority community, the Hispanics don't speak up because they're afraid they're going to get deported or whatever. But we don't have a voice in LA with the Hispanic community. I'm mm-hmm. Hispanic, so and I'm a product of LAUSD. But the thing is, I think. It's out of control, man. It's totally out of control. The enemy is not even hiding anymore. He's out there blatantly running around laughing. I mean, we know where we're at. Again, we win the war, but these battles that we got to fight, we got to fight. Man, yeah. we got to become mad. We got to look man, out. Get we have to yep. look out for yep. the kids to too, right? I mean, because it's the kids who yeah. end up making decisions that are lifelong decisions. Yeah. Or parents. And, I mean, sometimes and, the know, parents go along with it, right? And it's not yeah, a good decision. Yeah, because they don't know any better. Yeah. You know, when my brother-in-law. I had a lot of brother-in-laws don't speak up because they tell their wives, you know what, I don't want drama at home. I'm not going to speak up. Dude, but they're showing things that are pornography to these kids, and you got to speak up, man. we got to man up. we got to stand up against what's wrong do you and, think that people be- Do you think that people believe it? And that's or they or they just don't really believe it, or they don't really believe it's everywhere, so they don't speak up, and they'll just go away? You know what I think? I think just people are, are you know what, it's 
the world. It's fine. It's acceptable, especially, you know, I hate to say this, wives kind of run the roost nowadays. And men are just go with the wives and say, I don't want to cause drama at home, so why am I going to argue over this? Well, do you think that the, the, do you think, uh, when you say that, do you think that these wives are for this with the kids, or are they just against having drama and they don't want dad getting involved? Yeah, you know how they're playing men down now, you know, with toxic, you know, men. Toxic masculinity and all that. I call it, yeah, I call it the Al Bundy syndrome, where men are just put to one side and, and everybody goes to mom instead. And dad is just, okay, I'll watch uh, football on Sunday morning all yeah. day long and kind of check out. And that's what's happening. You know, we're on the sides, sidelines, just uh, being passive. You know, we have to be flipping those tables, right? And walking in and bringing out the sword and say, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is unholy. All right, this Ruben. Is, uh, demonic. Ruben, anyway, I want to love you, brother. All right, thanks for calling, Ruben. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Stanley in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Stanley, go ahead, Stanley. Okay, I, I hear you. Um, I, I read, uh, heard about a book a pastor wrote about Germany during the Nazi area, and he said that a lot of churches hang, hung Nazi. Uh, in front of their church. Those sort of a signal to the Nazis that we're, we're part of you, so don't go after us. And I think that's what's happening now in the States, is that all the corporations were signaling to the, they saw this uh, socialist takeover, and they were signaling, we're part of you, don't come after us. And they got so cavalier that they didn't care what happened. So they have all these boards of directors who made these changes. I'm a stockholder in these corporations, and I think I'm a minor shareholder, like a few shares. I think stockholders have to get together and form a coalition to cast their votes. I think that's the best way to reach these corporations, to say, put an end to this, change the board of directors and change their motion. Otherwise, uh, after, you know, Disney has lost half the stock, the um, Target's lost, and Budweiser is uh, in the toilet. And uh, companies like Goya, on the other hand, uh, they had a boycott. People, when they found out that uh, people ought to cancel Goya for their practices, uh, their uh, conservative practice people increased their buy. That's the Goya. uh, They sell uh, beans and uh, canned goods. Uh, Mexican food. Mexican food, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. People tried to protest them, and it didn't work. It went the opposite. No, I think that people are now waking up and see what's going on. Yeah, the, they if they believe the conservatives or whatever fight back. All right, you know the, the liberals have been canceling for years, but now we're fighting back. I, I don't believe in a boycott. We have to change the whole culture in these organizations, and we have to use our stock power to do that and our buying power. That's what I believe. All right, Stanley. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know when we talk about these things. There is a certain you know way that sometimes we talk about them that are you know political and it has to do with our vote and it has to do with uh, maybe even corporate politics where we're talking about stock prices and things like that. When you think about it as a Christian, somebody I had this discussion with somebody today who was quoting um, Colossians chapter three and taking it out of context to a certain degree. You know, there's certain things there in the whole passage that I think matter a lot. 
but the the verse he was using was bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity so he was quoting that and sort of took this out with the the tolerance question was the word he was really getting at and saying that hey you know what we just need to uh forgive these people and you know i agree that that there is an approach that's Christian and there's an approach that's either not Christian or really has nothing to do with being Christian. But the the context of this that I found interesting in all of that is that for sure this is written to Christians, okay? It's not written to the Romans. It's written to Christians in Colossians chapter 3. And, you know, it gives us this command that is about setting your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, setting your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Now it's talking to Christians, all right? Uh, Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, Some people stop there, but it continues. And greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but you now must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. See, that's also in the passage. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And then there's the context. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So, and the, you know, it's interesting to me is in the context. So this person took that verse out of context and basically was saying, well, we shouldn't do anything that, that we're just supposed to bear with each other and, and forgive each other. And for sure, we have to have an attitude towards people, okay, people who are on the other side of the fence on whatever the issue is, of, of love and the desire to lead them to Christ. And at the same time, and then, you know, there's a big part in here, too, about Christians who are supposed to rid themselves of these things, because a lot of where this conversation I had today was an online conversation. You know, eventually it was about the Dodgers and it was about the protests and about uh, what's going on there. And I've had a couple of those conversations with people, and it always comes back really quick to, well, there's been a lot of clergy with uh, sexual abuse, and there's that. And, you know, that's the thing, those kinds of things. And that's happened in Protestant churches as well, right? There's this scandal that exists uh, among Christians in our behavior. The biggest scandal is really between you and the people who know you personally, right? If we're not getting rid of those things, you know, what it does is it reduces our voice. It makes us have less of an impact on society when the church doesn't repent or kind of does the same thing or, or other things that are just as bad. You know, I think there's two things here that matter a lot for us as Christians when we have these discussions about these issues. Number one is we've got to make sure that our life looks different, that our life together is holy, that it is set apart, that we really do see Christ as Lord. And that, because if we don't, 
Number one, we're not right with the Lord. But number two, we lose our ability to have a conversation with authority. Does that make sense? It, I think in each one of these things, we can and should speak out and we should be careful of how we spend our money. And maybe the boycott thing is something that will drive some change. But at the end of the day, it can't be just about money. It has to be about Christ. It has to be about why does the the buyers at Target not care or not flinch that they're hiring an, a Satanist with a whole lot of Satan products to design anything, right? Why is, you know, there's something that has been lost in all of that. And in our conversations with, with these and our actions, personally, uh, I'm not shopping at Target. And I don't drink the beer anyway, but uh, I suppose I wouldn't drink an Anheuser-Busch product right now. Uh, I'm probably not going to go the Dodgers, as painful as that is for me, at least, you know, for a time. And the thing is, is that if it's just a short period of time, I'm not sure what it does. I want to protect kids, and I want to, you know, I think as a citizen, too, I want our country to be on a path that's not leading us towards destruction, because that's where we're at. We have, we're divided by so many things, and we're not even truthful, and we have a political system that's very broken. Do you know that the both parties, the lead candidate, President Biden and President Trump, who are both way ahead in the polls, I mean, President Biden's obviously the president, and typically you don't have uh, you know people running against you, but R.F. Kennedy Jr. is polling 20%, and another person is polling 8%. That's among Democrats, only among Democrats. That's significant. And, of course, RFK is griping that there's not going to be debates. And President Trump is saying, I don't know if he's going to follow through with it, but he's saying that he's not going to debate either. I don't like that. I think that we need to have every candidate in there for debates, right? These are We need to have conversations as a nation. But I think for for believers, as we have these conversations, whether they're on a national stage or just between us and the people in our life, we are far more effective when we rid ourselves of anger, rage, malice, and slander. It's not saying don't get angry. People always say that Jesus got angry. He did. But remember, Jesus was angry at church people when he was tossing the table. He was angry at the church for not being the church, effectively. I mean, it was the temple, right? It was Jewish. But he was angry at them for not doing what they were supposed to do. He was not tossing the tables because of Rome and what Rome was doing. He was tossing the tables because the believers, so-called believers, weren't doing what they should do. And the anger we should have is should be something that makes a difference and that does not sin in the way we do it. I think that's why you have anger, rage, malice, and slander, because and filthy language from your lips, because those are the parts that turn our what might even be a righteous anger into something that is sinful and also not effective. Our anger needs to be righteous and effective. Scripture teaches that really, really clear. That's what I think needs to happen when we deal with these boycotts and stuff. All right. Uh, we got several calls on the line, Clarence, John, Anne, and uh, we'll take your calls when we come back. It is Open Line Friday, and what I would like to do as we return also and take your calls is it is Memorial Day. I don't want to overlook that. And if you've got a story uh, to share or a family member or friend that you just want to honor by sharing their name who have given their life for our country and have served and passed away, uh, let's take some time to do that. The number is 888-528-2557, 888 528 
2557 Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Today is the day we put aside to remember fallen heroes and to pray that no heroes will ever have to die for us again. It's a day of thanks for the valor of others, a day to remember the splendor of America and those of our children who rest in this cemetery and others. It's a day to be with the family and remember. I was thinking this morning that across the country, children and their parents will be going to the town parade and the young ones will sit on the sidewalks and wave their flags as the band goes by. Later, maybe they'll have a cookout or a day at the beach. And that's good. Because today is a day to be with the family and to remember. That was President Reagan, of course, talking about Memorial Day, which is Monday. And uh, it is Open Line Friday, so we'd like to talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. But if you have a story about a loved one who served and uh, who has passed away, who's no longer with us, we'd love to hear that story today for the remaining parts of our segments, 888-528-2557. I'll pick up some calls here that are left over, and uh, but call now if you would like to uh, honor somebody who has given their life for our country or who served in the military and has uh, passed away. Memorial Day, we'll be talking about that. 888-528-2557. John and Glendale, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi, Pastor Scott. How are you doing today? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm doing fine. Today. Well, first of all, um, just uh, I, I don't want to brag too much, but I am a veteran myself. I was a veteran of the Iraq War, and, um, and I did have, um, I just heard that one of the colonels that I served with in Iraq passed away recently. Hmm. So his name was Colonel Thomas Gorski. He he caught Parkinson's disease and passed away. So I'd like to honor him. Well, thank you for telling us about him, and thank you for serving yourself, also. Okay, but uh, I had a question to ask, and um, this was a topic that you brought up. Um, I think a few days ago, it was about the border. Yeah, and of course, it was uh, you know between the United States and Mexico. Of course, uh, you know we're having a big crisis right now. And I'm, I'm in full agreement that, you know, we have to respect our laws and we just can't have illegal immigrants just come in. However, I wanted to mention that someone um, challenged me with something one time, and it was, a, you know, a fellow Christian who goes to church who was saying that, you know, as Christians, we have to be compassionate and that there are a lot of people um, in, you know, coming through Mexico who are looking for a better life and um, it's going to take them too long to come in legally. So he was saying that, you know, because, um, you know, as it says in the Bible, we have to help our neighbors, and they see that Mexico is a neighbor to America. Why shouldn't we just, just let them in like that? And it, it kind of it, it blew my mind away. I never really thought of it that way, and I just want your opinion about that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important question, I think, John, for us to ask. Just on our – whatever the laws are and whatever's happening is how does the church respond? Exactly. That's right? what I'd like to know. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what I think. There's, it's a longer discussion, obviously, John, but what, regardless of what happens, right now we have a bunch of people coming over into our country illegally. Mm-hmm. Most of them want a better life. Some of them are criminals. A lot of them have been deceived. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we had whistleblower commentary in uh, or testimony in Washington a couple of weeks ago that says right here in California 
that a lot of the children who are coming in who are unaccompanied, meaning they came across the border and their parents aren't with them, mm-hmm. are actually getting trafficked because the government seeks sponsors, people who will bring these children into their homes. But the people who are coming forward as sponsors are uh, human traffickers. Mm. Right. And it's happening in alarming numbers. You know, so in the one hand of this, since it is happening, since we have these people in our midst, I think the church needs to be involved. I think churches should be there should be more Christians who are these sponsors. And that doesn't mean that you support open borders. It doesn't mean that you support the policies that this administration is having. But the people are here. uh, Whatever happens. Let's say that somebody gets elected and they just shut off the border and they don't let anybody in for any reason. Okay. Uh, let's say that happens. Well, I think the church has a responsibility to look on the other side of the border and go, we've got tremendous poverty in Mexico and especially Central America, lots of parts of Mexico. There's a lot more missions we can do. I've been on missions down there. It's incredible. And the thing is, is that the more we actually serve those countries in those countries, the less need those people have actually to even come here. Oh, uh, you okay. know, so wow. there, there's okay. compassion on all sides. Well, to me, what's not compassionate is to say uh, we're going to close the borders and not care about people south of the border. But it's also not compassionate to have open borders and let people come here and end up in a much worse life than what they would have had if they would have stayed home. Uh, mm. You know, there is there is a lack of compassion in our policy in general. And I think, you know, from, as a historian, I think you, you have to manage your borders. Every country has to manage its borders. It's, it is to your doom to not do that historically. Um, that's okay. just a fact. Mm-hmm. However, uh, you can have immigration policies that are that are well done, where people who mm-hmm. want to move here have a streamlined ability to do so, and where we're not afraid to say, we want to find out who you are. We want to know if you're a criminal. We want to know if you have a disease. We want to know. We used to do that. We used to, you know, quarantine people who came here from across the world, right? We used to do that, and I don't think it's unloving or not compassionate. I think it's necessary. I think not doing all of that is not compassionate. Uh, so I think there's two ways to look at it. One is you've got to keep the laws. You need compassionate laws, and we need to ask our representatives, whatever party we're in, to knock it off. I think I think most people could come to a really good solution and have excellent immigration policy if we wanted to. I think both sides raise money on it, so they don't want to solve it. Uh, I see. There's okay. a lot of politics in in also wage issue where we need people to do you know the the farming jobs, and uh, you know we're not re- that's all part of the resolution. We need to deal with that. But whatever happens, let's just say that the future might be open borders. That that's just how it's going to be. Well, then our job is still to love people and care for people who are here. Mm-hmm. Um, we also need to do that for the people who are already here. Uh, the homeless problem that we have is catastrophic. Uh, in America already. And the the danger, I think, and another part that's not compassionate about what we're doing is that we are, if we take on too much, then, or if we're not even willing to solve the poverty that we are inviting here or creating here, uh, then we're not going to be able to help more people because we're going to be in trouble. It's it's very complicated, and issues of of poverty is complex. No, I, and but, I understand that. I yeah. mean, I, I remember one one pastor told me specifically. I mean, um, he told me this. I mean, he wasn't pastor. I, I shouldn't say he was, he was a member of my church. I should say, uh, he told me that. Just always remember this. He told me. He says that you can't help. You know, when 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 the you know in a in an airplane, 
when the you know when the gas masks come down, you can't help your person next to you. That's until right. You put your gas mask on first. That's right. And he and he said that to me. He and really said that to and, me. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, it's yeah. that seems like it seems like I just want to put the mask on my kid, right? But uh, it's actually not compassionate because if you pass out, then your kid's not going to get a mask. And exactly. that's, that's why you do so, that. So, you know, I get what, what it's saying. I mean, we have to solve our problems here in America first before we can let all these people yeah, in. We, and I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, our own problem, you know, our own But, you know, I think as a problem, church, but, in the yeah. meantime, our country might be in trouble. That doesn't give us an excuse to not be the church. And right. even if we're going down the tubes, we should be caring for people on our way down. Uh, right. Hopefully that's not what's okay. going to occur. But, but okay. that's what Jesus is going to want us to do, I think. And so I think we should fight for a, a legitimate, compassionate immigration policy and borders. And at the same time, from a missional standpoint, people who are here and people who are in other countries, especially nearby, um, we've got a lot, a lot of power that the church has to really make a difference in the lives of of all of these people. John, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, let's see, Ann and Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Is that me? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Ann. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm at work. I'm trying to oh, no. do two things. We'll be yeah, quiet. Hi. You know, no. I, I really am going to be quick uh, because I, now I just love your show. I agree completely. But I just want to make uh, real quick. I'm a social worker. I have four kids in my office. So I have nowhere to put them. Too many mm. people at once. I'm trying to get dreamers who are bilingual to go back and take care of the countries that they love. Yeah. That they want to be, you know, they first is Mexico, then U.S. Anyway, that's enough of that. But um, I wanted to just mention that my dad, uh, my grandfather was World War One. Uh, everyone died in the submarine, but him because he was um, with my grandmother and she was having her first child. So uh, he wasn't on board, but otherwise would have been. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's quite a story. It's mm. online. It's the first one of the first sum, submarines, I think, F two. Uh, and then my dad is World War Two. Then he got drafted into the Korean War, which he didn't really want. <laughs> um, but he was in the last two years of World War Two, and he was outside of Hiroshima. And now he did survive, um, but it was harrowing. And he has he can walk. He's ninety seven, um, and he's in fairly okay health. Um, But I just want to also mention, I was in and out of your program, but my dad is also a survivor of coronavirus before the vaccines. And then he did get it again from a caregiver who was vaccinated three times. (laughs) And uh, we gave him ivermectin. I'm just going to say it. And he is healthy. And that was Two years ago. All right. when we, it was we had a caller now. earlier in the program who talked about that issue. Hey, Anne, thanks, know, for, so yeah, thanks for honoring your, your family members with us today. They're still around, the World War II guys, so honor them, okay? All right. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll be back. This is the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show. Do you have a family member who has served that you're honoring this Memorial Day, someone who has served in our wars and has passed on? We'll be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. My fellow Americans, Memorial Day is a day of ceremonies and speeches. 
Throughout America today, we honor the dead of our wars. We recall their valor and their sacrifices. We remember they gave their lives so that others might live. We're also gathered here for a special event, the national funeral for an unknown soldier who will today join the heroes of three other wars. When he spoke at a ceremony at Gettysburg in 1863, President Lincoln reminded us that through their deeds, the dead had spoken more eloquently for themselves than any of the living ever could, and that we're living could only honor them by rededicating ourselves to the cause for which they so willingly gave a last full measure of devotion. That was President Reagan talking about Memorial Day. And I want to take some time here as it is Memorial Day weekend to give you an opportunity to honor a loved one who has served in our military, who has passed on. It's what we do on on Memorial Day. I hope that you have some plans to do that. I think two things. I think it's great to take that time and, you know, have a time of celebration and barbecue and whatever it is you're going to do if you happen to have the day off. Uh, that's important. I think the people who have given their life for you would like you to do that. I think that matters. But I think at the same time, then I I think we need to make sure we remember what the day is about and acknowledge that freedom is not free and that a lot of blood has been shed uh, for us in this country. On Memorial Day, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but at three o'clock in the afternoon, what you're supposed to do is stop for one minute and, and say a prayer or be in silence for our, our veterans. Uh, that's something that uh, I think gets lost, but it's a supposed to happen, and we'll talk about that on Monday. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Cheryl in Inglewood, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Oh, I'm Thank sorry, you. Cheryl. I have several in my family. Um, both my grandfathers um, served in World War II, and I also have cousins who actually have been in the military, but I also want to honor specifically my second cousin, uh, my grandmother's nephew, Carl Stout. He was in combat during the Korean War, and we didn't know until he passed away, and they had the veterans funeral for him, that he received all these different medals. Hmm. All we knew is that he was in Korea, and he had a big skull to stop some, I guess, some type of um, fire that they had to take cover from. He explained that to us when we were kids. So I definitely want to honor him, and I got the opportunity to actually work in Korea as an English teacher a few years back. Oh, no kidding. So definitely, yes. When yeah. I taught ESL in South Korea back in 2019 and also in 12 Uh Good for you, Sherelle. Thank you for calling and telling us about him. So you didn't know until he passed away that he had these medals and these honors. Yes, yeah, when we talk about it, we know that people who see combat Typically, they don't talk about it because some of the horrors they have seen, people close to them dying in front of them, that kind of thing. That's right. But we knew that he had a scar on his back from, you know, fighting in Korea. He loved to watch Nash all mm. the time. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sherelle. I hope that you have a good weekend uh, remembering him. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. God bless you. Uh, 888-528-2557. You have a family member that you want to honor who gave their life for our country or who has served and has passed on as we enter Memorial Day weekend. Vanessa in Hacienda Heights, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Thanks so much for taking my call. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get right into it. I have two family members that I want to honor today and every day of my life while I'm on earth. Uh, My uncle, Martin Corral, he was in the Air Force. 
his new heavenly, uh, his new birthday in heaven is uh, uh, 2016. He went home. My cousin Gary Bravo also served, but he was in the army. My uncle Martin was in the air force. I don't know if I said that. Mm. Uh, my cousin Gary went home. He um, passed of cancer, but uh, he left a legacy. He's a wonderful uh, man that I had the privilege of growing up with, kind of like an older brother. And uh, we will always remember them. Uh, there are two others that I'd like to acknowledge this Memorial Day weekend as well and on our call today uh, who hold a near and dear place in my heart. One is a gentleman by the name of Grover Rains, who was um, in the Navy. He attended Navy pre-flight officers training school at Cornell in Iowa State. I care for his wife. Uh, she is a sister from my church. And although I didn't meet him on earth I am blessed to know him in spirit, and I can't wait to meet him on the other side. There's one more guy. If you give me a moment, I apologize. I know it's a little lengthy, uh, Pastor. Uh, My dad had a best friend. He's also a veteran. My father, Frank, he's from Whittier. And his best friend, Duran, passed during the Vietnam War, where they served. And I never met Duran, but Duran holds a very special place in my heart. I remember being a little girl sitting next to my dad in our living room, and he was just weeping. And when I asked what was wrong, he told me about his friend, Duran. I don't know how old, how old I was, but I was a tiny little thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we want to honor all veterans. We thank them for everything they've done for us and for the freedom we have. And especially to my own father, who is still here with us, we will celebrate Memorial Day forever. And it's one of our favorites in our household. God bless you, Dad, and God bless you, all the veterans and those who lost their lives for us. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you very much for for that. I hope you do have a great weekend um, with everybody. All right, 888-528-2557. Penny in Canoga Park, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I want to lift up my cousin Bobby to you. He was a Marine, and he did not have to go. He wanted to be. He He wanted to support his country because he was the only boy in a family of girls and the last boy in that family that would ever exist. Hmm. Anyway, he went there at 18, and six months later, he was killed in Da Nang. Wow. So I want to lift up Bobby Taylor to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Penny, for telling us that and for sharing that on the show today. All right, a couple more, maybe 888-528-2557. Carol in Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Um, yeah, I have two uncles that were in uh, Pearl Harbor, and they were injured there when the Japanese attacked there. Uh, were they? Were you able to meet them, talk to them about their story? Um, yeah, I, I know my uncles. I grew up with them. It's just actually all three of my uncles, my mom's brothers were there. Her oldest brother was in Casablanca. They called him the Brains. Um, but yeah, two of my uncles were at Pearl Harbor together, and one of them had shrapnel for 10 years and never told my mom because he didn't want her to worry. I mean, my grandma, he didn't want her to worry. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that my mom had his medals when he died from cancer. And my younger daughter actually took the medals to her junior high to share with them when they were talking about um, the war and everything. So. Well, I'm glad that you had uh, that opportunity to know them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for your call, uh, Carol. Uh, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. You too. All right. It is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, whatever you do, I hope that you take some time to remember those uh, who lost their lives, especially if they are a family member or a friend. 
uh, somebody that you actually know, somebody that, um, and you know, if you have the ability to do it, go to one of the cemeteries, go to a, a national cemetery if you're nearby, or go to a local cemetery. It's usually people who have fallen in just about any cemetery around. And uh, it may not be your thing, but uh, you know what? I found that to be a good thing to do on Memorial Day. And um, it's it's just the reality of what this day is for. And I think it is a very positive thing uh, to do and interact with other people because there's usually a lot of people doing the same thing. All right, uh, Shanda, last call. Shanda from Long Beach, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Um, I don't know if it's appropriate, but I just want to lift up my son, Joseph Campos. He is graduating from high school in just a couple of weeks, and he's chosen to join the Air Force. He and is, okay. Out of him. Where's he yeah. going to go? Well, he'll be in basic um, yeah. in San Antonio. Right. But, um, and then we don't know after, after that. that we're not really yep. sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. Do you have any uh, veterans in your family, in your family history? Um, not really. And that's the thing is that I wasn't brought up really to revere that and i'm Mm. just really proud of him for honoring his country and honoring his family us by by making this choice all right shanda shanda that's a great call i'm i'm glad that uh, your son what's his name joseph all right joseph uh and i'm glad that he has got this opportunity thank you for calling today i hope you have a great memorial day weekend all right god bless all right, everybody, we are out of time for today. You know, freedom is not free. It wasn't free for God either. He sent his son who shed his blood on the cross on our behalf. It's the way it works. If you want freedom, blood has to be shed. That is the way of this world. Fortunately, we have a Savior who shed his blood, who died on our behalf, and who rose again, given all who would believe everlasting life. That's a great way to just weave the gospel even into your Memorial Day discussions this weekend. All right, God bless you. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on The Pastor Scott Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.